I'm Maya Chupkov, and I'm a woman who stutters. Welcome to Proud Stutter, a show about stuttering and embracing verbal diversity in an effort to change how we talk about it, one conversation at a time. Welcome back to Proud Stutter. Today, I am joined by my coworker, Alexandra Leal, our guest co-host for today. Alexandra is also the host of Democracy Is, a podcast from the organization we both work at, California Common Cause, and we're both part of the podcast crew that works on the show together. Alex and I will be interviewing our guest for today, Johnny Pina. Johnny is a legislative affairs lobbyist with the League of California Cities and a person who stutters. Welcome both of you to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited to be here as well. One of my favorite things about meeting you, Johnny, is we both kind of work in the same world. Um, We both work um, on statewide policy. You're a lobbyist, and I kind of dabbled in lobbying last year. And just to meet someone else who stutters that's kind of in the same industry and world you are has been so comforting for me. And I guess I was wondering if you feel the same way. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that, uh, that, you know, I think I think you're right in that um, hearing with the other people are facing a similar, you know, challenge in a similar situation as you is definitely comforting. you know, I, I was I was told by, you know, a colleague a couple of years ago that, you know, oh, you know, I know a lobbyist who stuttered back, you know, at this time. I was like, oh, OK, so there's been other folks that do it. And I, I'm certain that um, I'm certain that uh, we're not the only um, two people that stutter that work in Sacramento politics or in uh, state politics. Right. Um, but hopefully if there's anybody else that uh, is you know, out there who's interested in working in this space. That's the goal, you know, I think um, um, in kind of embracing and stepping into uh, the role of a lobbyist who stutters um, is hopefully, if anything, I can be kind of, uh, I can um, motivate others, uh, you know, perhaps uh, make it seem a little less frightening to step into this world. Most everyone's been pretty understanding and, and, um, you know, accepting of how I speak. That actually leads me to a question that I had thought of. I did. I actually did a lot of lobbying in college. And I know that in that space, it's just such a high pressure situation. You have booked a 20 minute slot. Really, you have 10 minutes to speak with this person and tell them all about why they need to care about what you care about and, you know, try to get a commitment if you can. And it creates like a lot of pressure to get your ideas out in a way where you feel confident and you want the person to think that you know what you're talking about about and so I wonder like especially at the beginning of your career when you were getting into this work did that ever was that a challenge in the beginning was it something that you felt like got easier with time um I would just love to know your thoughts on that yeah um definitely always trying to fight for people's time (laughs) and getting (laughs) them to hear you right and so when you feel like you know uh you know when you stutter oftentimes you can't say right as maybe as many words in that short time slot as you were hoping to. But, um, you know, 
so far, uh, like I said, yeah, it's it's been it's been pretty positive. Perhaps it's been a little bit different over Zoom as well. Um, definitely, COVID and how the the legislature has kind of had to change has changed the way that uh, we have to advocate. Uh, people don't always take in person twenty minute time slots or those ten minute time slots. Um, it's now over over Zoom that you know can can uh, change the dynamic. Um, a bit. I've been a lobbyist just since the beginning of this year, officially. Before that, I was a legislative policy analyst. So far, <laughs> so good. I, I, you know, uh, but uh, it's. Uh, I think. I think what you spoke to um, is a challenge. I'm trying to get you get that elevator pitch down uh, <laughs> is always something I'm trying to work on. Yeah, it it almost seems just like in these spaces people just like don't think about it. (laughs) They just assume like everybody can do it. And even like as someone who doesn't stutter, like I struggled a lot with it. I had to like coach myself in the elevator and be like, okay, this, 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 these keywords over and over and over to try to get it right. Um, And so I feel like even from an accessibility standpoint, like these offices and they're just not designed to think about that which is really unfortunate because i feel like thankfully johnny you're having like a super you're doing super well for yourself but i can see how it would deter somebody from the field of being like oh my gosh i don't want to do this that's a lot of pressure um instead when we need those voices in the room yeah you know i mean as i kind of um had the opportunity to observe the and and work with a lot of lobbyists on our team i kind of got to see how they all worked and what it, it really looked like to be a lobbyist day in, day out. And, you know, as an, as an analyst kind of helping them out, I, I felt like I, I felt like I, I got that part down pretty good and then kind of saw this, you know, the public speaking side as the ultimate hurdle. I was like, man, if I could, if I could, you know, face my fears on that one, I feel like I could do a good job. And that it wasn't, you know, you speak, it could be intimidating. It was intimidating for me. It's still, I mean, it's not like I'm, I don't get fearful of, of speaking now. It, it, it's still definitely a challenge, but, um, it, you know, it's one that I've kind of, um, I, I have faced, but I was certainly, you know, kind of that ultimate kind of uh, top of the mountain that I didn't think I'd be able to, to get to, you know. All the things you just mentioned about being fearful of public speaking in order and having this pressure to speak publicly in order to do your job the best you can, like totally resonates with me. And I still get those nerves and fears about my stutter when I do have to similarly testify or, you know, um, try to convince a legislator to support our bill, all those things, totally relatable. Um, can you tell us about a recent experience? I remember you telling me about it before, about when you first kind of had to do these big public speaking things at work and how that went for you. Just kind of how it worked out was 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 pretty cool the same week that I saw Haya's post about um, 
about her work um, in San Francisco and the resolution for the uh, Stuttering Awareness Week um, was the same week that I had to provide my first lead testimony uh, in the Capitol. So it, it was on a sponsored bill of ours, had to get, get up in front of everybody I, I'm in person and give my two minute spiel on um, this bill. And, um, you know, like I said, kind of going into that, I definitely think to, to my uh, community of stutterers and kind of kind of imagine what their take on on this would be and kind of um, their um, you know what the collective stuttering community you know would have a backup there so uh it's definitely helpful in that and then you know just that following week I had to address our board of directors for the first time in person as well on a different topic and um, that happened to fall on on National Stuttering Awareness Week as well because it was the week after um, that and uh, you know I brought that up um, during my presentation actually that you know this was my first time addressing this board on National Stuttering uh, Awareness Week and you know to my surprise it was actually met with a round of applause and it was, it was, it was really, really cool. Um, you know, um, it was my first time talking to our, you know, our, our, our board about this ever. And I've been around the organization for some time now. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of, uh, really cool to see kind of your vulnerability and kind of being open pay off. And I think a lot of people appreciated, um, um, that I did that. I, there were a few people afterwards that, you know, talked to me about it. And um, yeah, it was a really great feeling and experience. And I couldn't have done that if I, I hadn't um, found this uh, community of folks. I love that story. It makes my heart so happy. And it really shows the power of community and, and how that can help build our confidence as people who stutter because by seeing others doing things that you may have been a, a, afraid of as a person who stutters, I think can really just help us in our everyday lives. So thanks so much for, for sharing that. A related story that I've kind of talked about a little before is passing the San Francisco resolution recognizing International Stuttering Awareness Week, the second week of May last year, that was a huge community building tool because we got a lot of press coverage from passing that. And that led to a lot of San Francisco's San Franciscans reading about Proud Stutter and reaching out and saying they wanted to join the, the community. And now we're about to start an in-person San Francisco um, group here. And so, so much can spiral from passing these local re re resolutions and the public speaking component of being up on a podium and speaking pu pu publicly with your peers in your community is just, it's, it was the, one of the best feelings I've ever had. Did you know Proud Stutter is a 100% listener-funded show? We couldn't keep the show going 
and tell stuttering stories without the support of you, our listener community. Every month, we are reaching more and more people, and we couldn't do it without the support from our listeners. Any amount counts. Our biggest milestone so far has been appearing on Apple Podcasts' new and noteworthy's homepage and getting an Ambi Award nomination, among other amazing things. My hope is that this incredible exposure leads to more understanding and acceptance of verbal diversities. So my ask for you is simple. Can you make a small donation today? All you have to do is go to proudstutter.com donate to start that process. I wanted to give a special shout out to our recent supporters. Thank you, Dustin Wells, Wayne Engerbreston, Jerry Slaff, Jennifer Bolin, Don Cruz, Martha Hurox, and Ingo Helbig. Thank you, thank you so much. Want to hear your name on the pod too? Support us at proudstutter.com slash donate. So passing a local resolution can seem really daunting to a lot of people. And yes, it does require some amount of work, but it really is an easy process once you have a team working together. Like in San Francisco, it wasn't just me, it was me and others. And if this is something you really want to do, there are resources out there to help. Yeah, and there's um, people that understand the process, like uh, me and you, that would be uh, willing to um, coach them through. You know, uh, there's uh, there's 482 cities in in California, and um, making it as easy as possible for those in cities that are interested, or those advocates in those cities um, that are interested in uh, putting something putting a resolution like that uh, forward on the local level uh, is that something I'd encourage uh, making it as easy as possible for uh, those to put forward a similar resolution. You know, Maya, she's always the trendsetter. (laughs) 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 But I think, yeah, I think you bring a really good point, Johnny, about doing that local level change and how impactful that can actually be. Um, I think in general, when it comes to like actually creating sustainable change that affects people in a real way, we tend to think of it as like national, statewide, that's the only way to make a difference. And really like these local level changes, like getting other cities to recognize um, National Stuttering Awareness Week, that does create an impact. It creates a very local impact because there are, you know, tons of people who stutter and tons of people who like you two have mentioned have tried to suppress it or deny it or feel embarrassed about it and to see your local city not only recognize it but celebrate it that's going that that would encourage you know a kid in middle school who's going through speech therapy and is like just like I just want to not have this or a kid in you know high school who is like trying to navigate the world and to not only be able to see like wow my city cares but also then like it opens the door to start googling and being like wow there's an association wow there's this podcast there's this lobbyist there's all these people who are doing exactly what I want to do with a stutter and it's not stopping them in fact it's like encouraging them to continue going forward those local changes really do make a huge difference so I think you're totally right about that Johnny like if more cities even just just in California recognized it that would be pretty incredible yeah I think you nailed it um 
I know there there's lots and lots of city officials out there that um, want to focus on diversity and um, what I think I think amplifying um, you know disfluency uh, and disability in general is definitely a part of that diversity and um, I think uh, raising awareness of stuttering is uh, is uh, fits that bill uh, exactly and I think you're spot on with with um, you know raising awareness um, you know might seem like right you know passing these resolutions don't actually change any type of law but I think the simple awareness you you spoke to it you know spot on I think it, it really really does um, make people that do have a stutter uh, feel more at ease with themselves and gosh if I would have been more engaged with my stuttering community at a younger age like in, in high school or something I, I would have uh I think it, it would have uh, been great <laughs> you know I, I uh, appreciate the, the, the a struggle that it's been but man I think having that community and that kind of acknowledgement that man like my city councilors like even you know acknowledged my community like um kind of just kind of kind of being aware that you know these local officials understand um you know what stuttering is they um you know it's kind of just popped up in my head too um i'm sure there is lots of people that may be interested in providing public comment at the local level as well that stutter that might be intimidated to go up there and or, or you know whether it's in person or, or zoom or or however that that city is doing their public comment um i think if i mean speaking for myself if I knew that a city council had just passed a, a resolution talking about National Stuttering Awareness Week, I I would feel much more at ease that, you know, if I start talking and start stuttering, that they'll know what I'm doing and they uh, will be uh, more kind of uh, uh, of understanding uh, as I provide comment. Um, so, yeah, I, um, definitely something I'm interested in promoting. Yeah, one of the cool things that happened during um, during the so we did the, the press conference slash rally before the introduction at the board of supervisors. The week after, when it passed during public comments, there was one person there that always speaks. That's you know one of those regulars, and they said that they had a stutter and that if it made them feel really good that this was being recognized. So like someone that I've known for quite some time, I didn't know that they identified with that. And so it's just, there's so many ripple effects that can happen of helping people come out of the shadows and like claim their identities as a person who stutters. And even as someone with a disability like in hindsight I just I'm, I think about all the times where I was singled out and 
I was kind of pushed to the side or wasn't taken seriously in a lot of ways. And so claiming that identity feels really good. Yeah, I, I like what you said. Claiming the identity feels really good. I think that's that can be like the title or something <laughs> of this episode or something because it's uh that's spot on yeah it's just kind of kind of uh accepting that 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 title and owning it i mean um having that 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 attitude has uh has helped me a lot yeah i i, I recently heard something that i think kind of goes with what maya was talking about I, I don't remember where i read it because i read too many words a day um but <laughs> Somebody had written that people need to recognize um, that their burden is just their blessing that they haven't realized yet. And so, I mean, when you all talk about your stuttering, it seems like so many people, society and, you know, even linguistic professionals are telling you like, this is a burden. This is something you need to fix. This is something that your life would be better without. This is an inconvenience to you and to others and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, look how just with you all getting in touch with your communities and getting in touch with your identities, like Maya, you have this incredible platform now that you're using to raise awareness and to bring it to the forefront of people's minds. And like, Johnny, like whether or not you recognize it, you are opening doors for, you know, stutterers who want people who with a stutter who want to be a lobbyist. Um, and so even though somebody has told you for so long, like, this is a burden in a way, like, it's your blessing to do with. It's your blessing to smash down walls with and open new doors with. And I love that you all are carrying it with such, like, pride and dignity and the respect that it deserves. Like, regardless, you know, <laughs> if you don't have a sort of you do have a center, like, it's just pretty incredible what you all are doing. And it's an honor to, like, be here with you all getting to talk about it. Thanks for being such a wonderful ally, Alex. Um, so switching gears a little bit, Johnny, I want to kind of go into your stutter a little bit more. We've been talking a lot about your career and lobbying and pu public speaking. Can we go a little bit back in time and, or maybe not back in time, but can you just talk about maybe, let's say, um, the best thing you like about your stutter and the least thing you like about your stutter? You know, I guess for a, for a pretty long time, I didn't really have a favorite part of it. Um, I just have always kind of viewed it as um, something I have not liked very much. And um, but as of re recently, you know, a question that has really gotten me thinking is would I, you know, if I could choose to not have it, could I have it? And I guess I ultimately I I would choose to to keep my stutter, and that's because I think it you know makes me uh makes me who I am uh, has led me to meet some really uh, cool people, and I think I'll uh, continue to meet um, some really uh, great folks um, uh, through the stuttering community for for my least favorite part i guess um i i try not to think of it in a negative light anymore as best i can it can definitely in my view be an, be an inconvenience at times as if i'm just just trying to be quick and and get something said um obviously you know sometimes uh 
you got to think about it a little bit more than you'd like to. Thank you for that. Yeah. And I can totally relate to both of those things. I think my favorite part is definitely the community. Um, There's a lot of awesome people out there who stutter. So I feel very lucky to be bonded with you, Johnny, through that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same here. I love what you mentioned, Johnny, about you've come to a place where even if you had the choice to not have a stutter, it's kind of a part of – you've accepted that it's a part of who you are and a part of your identity. And instead of it being a negative thing, which I'm sure – many people have tried to tell you is a negative thing. It's a positive thing because it's part of who you are. (laughs) It's what makes you you. So I think that's so cool that you're just at a point where you're like, yeah, this is this isn't going to change. And even if it was going to change, it's part of the reason why you are who you are now. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, certainly a new kind of well, newer perspective, but um, definitely haven't always thought that way. But um, definitely a, a good alternative to Um, trying to suppress it and, um, you know, being embarrassed by it. So you mentioned that this this shift in perspective around your stutter um, is is kind of new. Can you talk about that shift and maybe an experience that led you to that shift? So I have had a stutter for, from what I'm told, as long as I could speak. And was in speech therapy um, basically throughout um, elementary school into middle school. Um, didn't do it much in high school and then did it in college as well. So it's kind of always been something that I've struggled with and have been trying to learn strategies to minimize stuttering and increase uh, fluency as much as possible. So I've always kind of had it in the, from the perspective of, of something trying to um, trying to keep to a minimum. And, you know, I guess at the time, um, speech therapy wasn't really promoting kind of acceptance as as much because that, that's never really something I've heard of until I've, I've recently found that the, the, the stuttering community uh, in the past couple of years. I picked up a Hina G's book, uh, the comedian uh, uh, and stuttering advocate who's been on your your podcast, um, picked up her book and um, turned out that um, she was doing a stand-up show at a brewery um, in um, high town. And you know, my first thought was, oh, you know, I'm a fan, I'd love to go. And, you know, I invited my wife, you know, I didn't, I said, hey, would you like to go? And she said, sure. And then she's like, oh, well, do you want to invite my parents and our friend? I'm sure they'd love to go see a stand-up show at um, at a brewery, uh, you know, in town sounds like a good time. And, you know, I kind of played it off like, no, no, it's okay, not, not, let's not invite them. And, you know, my wife asked me after, how come you didn't want to invite, you know, our friends and family to, to the show? And I think that they would have enjoyed it. And, you know, I kind of had to come to, I, I, it kind of all came to, it, it came to a head in, in my mind. And like, you know, I think I'm, I think I was, you know, afraid or embarrassed to 
to have the conversation that would ultimately come out of that. And, you know, because in her act, she definitely brings her stutter to the forefront of the conversation. And I think that's something I was uncomfortable with. I think I liked it on a personal level because I could relate to it. But but at the time, it's just not something I was ready to have a conversation with with my friends and family. Um, so, you know, my wife kind of brought it up, called me out a little bit. And it was like, you know, um, if you'd like to talk about this more, then you should talk to your family. I said, you know what? I, I want to be an advocate on this kind of stuff. And I, you know, a first step is to be able to talk to my close friends and family. And, um, you know, with that kind of started the change in my thinking. And um, uh, that was kind of the big uh, first step was kind of um, kind of acknowledging that I was embarrassed of it and, and wasn't ready to to really um, discuss how it impacted my life to uh, even those that, that are close to me. And how did that experience impact you? Uh, it definitely makes me more confident um, in going into um, all of the different um, just life situations that you have to uh, speak at. And also, especially in my uh, occupation as a lobbyist, I definitely have to um, um, speak quite often. So <laughs> I definitely think about um, those that I've met in the stuttering community and kind of their uh, perspective on stuttering almost every time I have to do any type of public speaking. I also feel like the more public speaking you do, the more comfortable you get with it. That's definitely how I've felt also about podcasting. With every episode, I just get more comfortable being on the mic Um and so, yeah, speaking of, of podcasts, so not sure if you guys know, but in addition to hosting and pr- producing and doing all the things for P- Proud Stutter, I also work on my organization's podcast with Alex here, California Common Causes podcast, Democracy Is. Alex, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about our work podcast. <laughs> yeah, let me just pull out my elevator pitch. <laughs> um, so Democracy Is is a podcast centered around democracy issues, specifically in California. And when we were thinking about this podcast, it really was a way to reach a couple of communities. We wanted to reach young people, young people who are getting involved, who are interested in democracy work, who want to understand what's going on, and who want a platform that they can trust for information. And we also wanted to reach just Californians in general who are concerned about their state, who are concerned about their communities and their families, and also want to know what is going on. Um, Because so many of these conversations when it comes to like redistricting and money and politics, Uh, The people in power thrive off of making you feel like you're in the dark and you should stay there. (laughs) So the point of democracy is, is to have conversations around democracy issues and to educate folks on like, what's going on? Why is it going on? How did we get here? Um, Provide solutions on how we can move forward and offer hope that even when it seems dark out, there's always light in our democracy, there's always a path forward, and that you can have an active 
role in making that happen. So that is kind of our goal with the podcast. And it's been so much fun already. Um, the audience didn't hear, but I referred Maya, I referred to Maya earlier as the senior podcaster. I feel like she's my guru of like all podcasting knowledge. And I feel like a junior podcaster. Um, and it's been a really incredible experience so you all should stream democracy is on all platforms we are available everywhere <laughs> yes it's a great educational and advocacy tool and it's just a fun listen too because you get to, to hear alex talk for like a big chunk of time and that's always lovely <laughs> you have a great podcast voice <laughs> thanks you know my my nickname as a child was the broken radio so glad i now have an outlet for it <laughs> love that for you alex so before we end today's episode i i wanted to talk about something related to like everything we've been d discussing so far on this episode around advocacy and how our listeners can get involved. So we have a resource on proudstutter.com. It's a local resolutions toolkit that takes you through the steps of how to pass a local resolution or pro proclamation in your own city. So definitely check that out on proudstutter.com. It's also going to be in our show notes. Johnny and I will also be working on getting something passed um, in California that would recognize um, a stuttering holiday. So let us know if you'd like to get plugged in on that as well. And then the last thing is we're going to be doing a how to pass a local resolutions webinar with, um, with Johnny and a few others that have passed resolutions in their own cities. So stay tuned for that. You can find all our events um, at proudstutter.com slash events. And that's it for this episode of Proud Stutter. This episode of Proud Stutter was produced and edited by me, Maya Chupkov. Our music was composed by Augusto Denise and our artwork by Mara Ezekiel and Noah Chupkov. If you have an idea or want to be part of a future episode, visit us at www.proudstutter.com. And if you like the show, you can leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Want to leave us a voicemail? Check out our show notes for the, the number to call in. More importantly, tell your friends to listen too. Until we meet again, thanks for listening. Be proud and be you.